Let's pray together. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and lyre. Praise Him with tremble and dancing. Praise Him with the strings and pipe. Praise Him with the dash of cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His holy name. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Heavenly Fathers, want to thank You and worship You. And we want to praise you here today. Heavenly Father, we give you all the glory and all the honor in today's service. Lord, may the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing, Lord, in your sight, O God. And may we declare today, Lord, that you are the lion and the lamb. You are the beginning and the end. You are the alpha and the omega. And that you are the author and the perfecter of our faith. We thank you for the opportunity for us to be here today to hear your word and to see songs of praise and to be able to see you face to face. Heavenly Father, speak to us, Lord. We are in desperate need of your touch. Guard our hearts this very morning. Take us on this journey of knowing you and to be known by you. We thank you. We love you. Pray all these things. In your precious Son, just cross me, pray. And God's people pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. 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 All right. Let's all take our seat. Uh, thank you, praise team, for the beautiful praise and the worship that we just had. I pray today that the Lord will speak to you. And that the Lord will open up your heart, uh, your eyes, and your ears to hear uh, the message that He has in store for us here today. Uh, the Lord is good. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's turn to our neighbor and let's t- uh, give a, a quick greeting. And then let's begin with today's uh, message. Uh, God bless you. It's good to see you all in the house of the Lord. Okay, let's start with... The title of today's message, the title of today's message is called, Know Who and Whose You Are in Christ. Know Who and Whose You Are in Christ. The main character today that I want to speak upon is a man named by the name of Jeremiah. And if you turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 1. I'm going to read from verse 4 to 10 and 17 to 19. And the heading, it says, The Call of Jeremiah. All right, let's begin with our main passage. It says, The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Skipping over to verse 17. Get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them, whatever I command you, do not be terrified by them or I'll terrify you before them. 
Today I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Amen and amen. This was a message that I wrote down on my notes uh, when I was staying in missions one of the nights. And the message just came, and I didn't know the heading or the title, uh, but I felt led to really share this message with you because I believe that God is calling each and every single one of you individuals uh, to be reminded that you are not here for the things of this world, but you are here for such a time as this that God has a special calling and a special purpose for your very lives. It doesn't matter whether you're too young, too inexperienced, too experienced, or too old. You are never too old or you are never too young to serve the Lord. And you are never too young to follow the call of God. And in this context, Jeremiah, he's a young man. And he says, I am too young. But what does the Lord say? Do not say, I am too young. Your age has nothing to do with it. It says in verse 17 that all these people will come against you, kings and officials and these individuals who have quote-unquote power, but you will be like a fortified city, God reminds young Jeremiah. Iron pillar on a bronze wall to stand against the whole land. So who would you rather fight against? Would you fight against these worldly leaders, figures, who think that they have power, or will you fight against God? Because it says, if you don't follow and obey what I say to you, he says, do not be terrified by them in verse 17, or I will terrify you before them. May we always walk with the Lord and never against the Lord. Amen? So know who and whose you are in Christ. So quickly, Jeremiah, who is the son of a prophet, Hilkiah, from a small town, he was called by the Lord to serve the Lord as a prophet and a priest. So out of all the prophets that you see in the Bible, Jeremiah is the only one that recounts the most about his life, about his struggles, way more than any other prophets. And when we read that and when we hear that, it's not because Jeremiah is dramatic or he just, well, he is, but it's not because he's full of himself or self-centered, but I believe that he was so honest in his writing and in the way that he felt and what he was going through, the struggle that he was facing is because, I believe it is because he knew who he was and whose he was in God. Therefore, he was consistent in his ministry for 40 years, continually following the Lord, continually preaching the word, continually prophesying the word of God to the nations. And do you know that for 40 years, he didn't even see the fruit of his ministry? The people did not listen to him. The people were unrepentant. They grew arrogant, more arrogant. The impeding, the judgment of God. That Babylon will come and take over our nation. That this nation right now that we're living in is not, don't put your, put all your money bank on this, this situation right now. That nations fall, that kings rise, kings fall, that you will never hold power forever. But it is the Lord that is in control forever. And for you to hold on to the Lord, for you to repent before the Lord, for you to watch out, for the impeding, the invasion, for the judgment of the Babylonians, of course, but it was ultimately the judgment of God. He was calling all people to repent. So the context was, after Solomon, King Solomon had died, there are many kings that came, and the nation was split in two. So if you know the history, Judah was on the south, 
and then Israel was on the north. And the people that Jeremiah was preaching to was for the people of Judah, for the kings of Judah, for the citizens of Judah. But the people continued to far, they continued to further, to harden their hearts. Judah was unrepentant. They continue in arrogance, in idol worship. People will leave the church and they will no longer follow the Lord. They will co- commit crimes and cruelty against the weak, injustice against the hopeless and the helpless, and there was no righteousness in their hearts. They committed child sacrifice to their lowercase g God, and they fell into idol worship. Pretty much they got to a point of no return. And how scary that is. The theme of Jeremiah's heart is God's heart that we find in Jeremiah in the scripture. Is what we find through all, all of scripture, which is the heart of God, the heart of the Father, to bring his people back to him. But only through true repentance, true repentance. So as a reminder to us, as God's people, you must, like Jeremiah, as God's people, you must, number one, know your identity. Know your identity. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, know yourself. Before, you wreck yourself. Know yourself before you wreck yourself. In God. Let's go right into our soul points. Letter A. A is who am I? B. Whose am I? C is why am I? It kind of looks like the title of the Disney what if, right? Dot, 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 question mark. Is it like that? The title? I don't know. But it looks like that. Why am I? Meaning why am I here for such a time as this? In this short finite life. D, what is my? Meaning, what is my purpose for such a time as this in this short, finite life? E, what am I? Meaning, what am I living for? What are you living for today? F, who are we living for? G, as a church, who dwells inside us? H, who is our supreme? Are you able to answer these questions with confidence? Do you know who you are? Do you know whose you are? Do you know why you are here? Do you know what your purpose is? What am I living for? Who are we living for? Who dwells inside us as a church? Who are we living for? Who is our supreme? Each church, yes, though it's a church, we all have a different purpose. Some churches, it's the purpose is programs, our programs. Things to do in church, but never the center. The center is not the cross. The center is not the gospel. The center is not the good news of Jesus Christ. The main focus is program, program, programs. Fellowship, fellowship, fellowship. And then maybe the gospel, maybe the good news, maybe we'll preach about sin. Maybe we'll preach about repentance. Who are we living for? Who dwells inside of us? Is it the Holy Spirit? Because if the Holy Spirit is not inside of us, then something else is living and dwelling inside of us. And anything other than the Holy Spirit is an idol. Anything other than Jesus Christ is an idol. Is of a different spirit. Is not of God. Is anti-God. Each and every single one of us has a purpose. Josh, you have a purpose. Ronnie, you have a purpose. God has a purpose for each and every single one of us, Brother Enrico. Each and every single one right now. And God calls all people to draw near to him. I'll say it again. God, Yes, God calls all people to draw, draw near to him. Meaning, in other words, God knows you. God knew you. And long before you were even born, he had a plan and a purpose for you. Yes, that is true. But there are... Those individuals 
whom God sets apart for a special use. But this is what I want to clarify. It doesn't mean just because you are chosen for a special use, it doesn't make you better or equate more value than others. We're all in the same boat. But the point is, whatever responsibilities that God has given us, whatever call that God has called us to go and to do, it could be in the mission field or whatever it may be, it could be in the praise team, whatever it may be, it could be in the food ministry, whatever it may be, we must do them with all of our hearts because it is for the glory of God. Just like it says in Philippians 1.11, it's for the glory of God. In Colossians 3.23, we do it all for the glory. We do it, we do it with all of our hearts as we are working for the Lord and not for men. Colossians 3.23. So whenever you feel discouraged, you may read Jeremiah and think, oh, I'm not chosen as a prophet for the nation, appointed, chosen as a prophet of nations. What does that even mean? I don't have that. But the point is not for us to read this and put Jeremiah on a pedestal and think that he's some different person, this person who is different from us, who has a special, special, quote-unquote, special calling that is set apart. Yes, that is true. There are certain individuals that God uses for a certain special use. But again, does not mean, does not equate more value than others. So whenever you feel discouraged, or inadequate, or whenever you feel down about yourself, that God doesn't have a plan or purpose for me, we must not remain down. For the scripture tells us that God is thinking of you, that God, he loves you, and that God, he has a purpose for your life today. Remember 1 Corinthians 12? Specifically, verse 12 to 27. The heading says, one body but many parts. There is one body. It's a church. It's a church of Christ. But it has what? Many parts. But all its many parts make up one body. It is the same with Christ. We were all baptized by one Holy Spirit, and so we are formed into one body. It didn't matter whether we were Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free people. doesn't matter how rich you are or how poor you are or the color of your skin or the family that you come from. It doesn't matter. Slaves or free, we were all given the same spirit to drink. So the body is not made up of just one part. It has many parts. Suppose the foot says, I am not a hand, so I don't belong to the body. By saying this, it cannot stop being part of the body. You're just delusional. And you need to change that thinking, change that mind. Ask God to give you a clear mind and a clear eyes, clear heart to see the truth. And suppose the ear says, I am not an eye, so I don't belong to the body. By saying this, it cannot stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, how could it hear? If the whole body were an ear, how could it smell? God has placed each part in the body just as he wanted it to be. If all the parts were the same, how could there be a body? As it is, there are many parts, but there is only one body. It's the body of Christ, the church. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, it is just the opposite. The parts of the body that seem to be weaker are the ones we can't do without. You're only strong as the weakest link in the chain. Yes, the parts that we think are less important, we treat with special honor. The private parts aren't shown, but they are treated with special care. The parts that can be shown don't need special care. But God has put together all the parts of the body, has given more honor to the parts that didn't have any. In that way, the parts of the body will not take sides. All of them will take care of one another. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part shares in its joy. You are the body of Christ. Each of you is a part of it. Going back to Jeremiah 1, 4-5, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And when we read this, it's not for us to be discouraged, but to be encouraged. Because the truth is the same. Because this 
comes out from Psalm 139. Before you were born, he had a plan, a purpose for you. While you were in your mother's womb, he knew you. He had a plan and a purpose for you. So who are you? Who am I? Whose am I? Why am I? What is my? What am I? Who are we living for as a church? So plural, who are we living for as a church? Who dwells inside us? Who is our supreme? As an individual, you must know who you are. And as a church, as a group, you must know who we are. It's a flip of a coin. You need both. Both sides of a coin. You need to know who and whose you are. For you created my inmost being. You named me together in my mother's room. Psalm 139, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from me when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Amen. And amen. amen. What does the Bible say? First Peter 2, 9-10. Quickly, you are a chosen people, royal priesthood, holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you were orphans, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You are what? A chosen individual, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. For what? To do his work, to do his special work, that you may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. There is no greater honor than that. There is no greater truth than that in this short, finite life. And as Paul declares in 2 Corinthians 5, specifically 16 to 21, so from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we so no longer. We do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Let's fast forward to verse 20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, meaning you are stewards, you are his representatives. As though God were making this appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Again, as God's people, you must what? No. Your identity. Let's turn to our neighbor and say, know yourself before you wreck yourself. Amen. Amen. Know your identity. Point number two, as God's people, we must know your worth. You must know your worth. Amen. Amen. Do you know your worth? Verse 6 to 8 from our main passage, we're continuing on. It says, Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I sent you and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Do not be afraid of them. For I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Amen and amen. Again, you are never too young. You are never too old. You are never too inexperienced. You are never too experienced to serve the Lord. Now is the time. Now, right now. As it says in Hebrews 3.15, when you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. When? Today. Today. Right now. 2 Corinthians 6-2, it talks about now 
Today is a day of salvation. Not tomorrow, but right now. You must know your worth. You must know your worth in order for you to know the truth that life is short and that your life has a meaning and that your life has a purpose and that your life is worthy for the kingdom of God to do the work that God calls you to do. Meaning, if you do not know your own worth in Christ, if you don't know, how will you preach to others to know their own worth in Christ? How can I give you something when I don't have it myself? You need to know who you are and whose you are. Just like that quote from the Rocky Balboa movie, right? He says, you must know, you know, you need to know what you're worth. Then go out and get what you're worth. Stop blaming, pointing fingers. Why you're not, why you can't, why you're not here, why you're not at where you're supposed to be. Stop blaming. Stop pointing fingers. Stop being a victim. Know what you're worth. Then go out and get what you're worth. One of my favorite lines in a movie. Go get it. But as a Christian, we must know our identity in Christ. We must know our worth. What is the worth? It's that God is with us. I say, I do not know how to speak. I may say, I am too young. The world and the people may say, hey, you're too young. Hey, you're too small. You can't do that. You're too inexperienced. But you need to remember what God told Jeremiah. Do not say, I am too young, what the world tells you or how you feel about yourself. But listen to my voice, just like he told Moses. Go. Do not be afraid. For I am with you and I will rescue you. Just like what he told Jacob. Just like what God told Joseph. Just like what God told Abraham. Know your worth. Next point. As God's people, you must know how to eat properly. In other words, from his word from the word of God. Please don't listen to uh, self-care, you know, those kind of books where it tries to motivate you, like David Goggins and all those things. I mean, you can, but that's not the gospel, right? That's not your main goal. You know, we have a lot of people who try to give you inspiration, but your main inspiration as a Christian, I mean, even aside from praise and preaching, it's the Word of God. You need to feed on the Word of God. Yes, you may be fasting food in the morning because you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to be healthier, intermittent fasting or whatever. You cannot fast from the Word of God. The Word of God is our main food. It's the food that feeds our body, our soul, and our spirit. It's what strengthens us. It says in verse 9 to 10, Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my what? Words in your mouth. Meaning we need to eat. It's a spiritual picture of us eating the word of God. We must eat the word. You cannot listen to other books there are many other religious books, Quran and so on. Right? We have the Mormons, the Book of Mormons. We have other books made by men, not inspired by the Holy Spirit. But we have the Word of God that is given to us. I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. And that's what the Word of God does. To build and to plant, to uproot and to tear down. It gives us strength for our daily life. So, so point letter A, read daily. Dash His Word. B, reflect daily. His Word. 
see, memorize daily his word. This is very important because later you never know where you will find yourself in. You hear stories about missionaries in prison. Their Bible gets confiscated. They don't have any Bible, but how do they endure? How do they feed on the word? They memorized it. It's in their heart. You may not know it word for word, but you know the principle of what God says in his word because the whole book, it works as a body, as a whole. It's not just one passage. It's my favorite passage. We get a tattoo of it, and that becomes our... It's as a whole. From the beginning to the end, it's what the Bible is talking about. It's about the Messiah. It's about the upcoming King, Jesus Christ, who was and who is and who is to come. Especially in the season of Lent, may remember the Word of God as a whole. Memorize daily His Word. D is very important. Be a doer His Word. You need to do and be the individual according to the Word of God. Your faith is not just faith that is kept hidden, but it comes forth in your action in your speech, in your lifestyle. Be a doer of his word. E, submit daily. His word, submit. Even as you're reading, especially for me, when I read, I don't have like a iced coffee here and then my feet up and have beef jerk in my mouth and, and just like the Bible like this, casually reading. No, even physically, I put myself in a position even in my physical posture, I submit to his word daily. Lord, what is it that you're trying to speak to your people here today? What is it that you want to say to me today? Submit. Because submission means humility. You cannot be proud and read the Bible. A proud person will rip the pages of the Bible and roll a blunt. And they'll smoke it with no guilt, no shame. I've had friends who have done that. In the past. But you submit daily. This is not a legalistic thing. But it's a spiritual submission. You submit daily his word. You allow yourself open to hear what God wants to say to you. Through the word of God. Amen. And amen. Lastly, point number four. As God's people, you must know how to drink properly. What do I mean by that? I'm talking about from his presence. Drink. And to also to drink the blood of Jesus Christ. Just like what Jesus tells us in John. Every day. So point letter A. Enter his presence with thanksgiving. B, enter his presence with praise. C, worship him with full joy, gladness, and delight. D, dwell in his presence with complete surrender. E, submit to him with full humility. And F, fight the good fight in the Lord. Fight the good fight in the Lord. We cannot just take our favorite sub point and just use that only. It must work as a unit, as a whole. You enter his presence with thanksgiving. You enter his presence with praise. You worship him with full joy, gladness, and delight. It doesn't just end there. You dwell in his presence with complete surrender. Submit to him with full humility. Fight the good fight in the Lord. It's just as you do more and you put your body and your mind and your spirit and your soul into motion, it will just work out naturally. Just like when you walk, right? You don't think in your brain if every part was on its own. It's like, okay, now I need to put my right foot forward. And then my heel down, and then my left foot, okay, this one. And then, 
okay, there's a rock there, avoid it, and then you try avoiding it. Okay, foot, remember, you got to avoid it. You tell it, and then right hand, don't go too far back. You're going to lose balance. No, and then you fall. It works together. You don't need to think about it. When you dive and you drink and you remain in the presence of God and you know the word of God, everything works out naturally. Changing the way you dress. You don't even need to teach someone to do that. Change the way you speak. It happens naturally. How we must be, the words that come out of our speech, how we speak when we're in a group of friends, in a worldly group of friends, the things that they talk about. You don't need to teach someone to avoid those kind of topics or what not to watch or what to watch. Everything happens naturally, works as a unit, all together. So if we are all individually and as a church, we are in the Lord, and our purpose is to do the glory of God for His glory, as it says in Philippians 1.11 or Colossians 3.23. Whatever we do, we work at it with all of our heart as working for the Lord and not for men. When we all have the Holy Spirit within us, working within us, inside out, and we know the Word of God, we meditate on the Word of God, we submit to the Word of God, and we memorize the Word of God, we are doers of the Word of God, and we become, and we are beers of the Word of God, then everything works together, and as we're submitting daily to His Word, everything will work naturally. Just as your fingers and your body and everything just moves together, you will naturally just move together, easily. That only happens when we are in the presence of God, daily. That's why when something is off or, you know, something evil comes in the church, you feel it, right? You know it. Just like when your body's in pain or something is off with my kidney or my heart, something is wrong. Your body, it tells you something is wrong. Something is off. You're vomiting. Your body is not handling these things because it's telling you that something is off. We must know the body of Christ. And we must be in the presence of God. You must know what you are called to do. Verse 17 to 19 in the main passage says, Get yourself ready. Get yourself ready. Be ready. Stand up and say to them, whatever I command you, do not be terrified by them or I will terrify you before them. Today I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. How can I do these things, God? I am too inexperienced. He says, submit to my word. Listen to my word and be in my presence that you will know. And naturally, you will know exactly what to do. You don't need to think and how to walk because you will walk naturally. Just like a baby, as it learns, you will learn quick. And you will grow and you will mature. And you'll be able to walk. And you'll be able to run. You'll be able to sprint. You'll be able to dodge. Right? Juke someone. And you train yourself spiritually. And you carry the ball with you. And when you drop the ball, what do you do? You pick it back up. And you do it again. And you do it again. And you do it again. This is how God ends. Well, in the verse, in the chapter, in the verse that I used in 19, it says, they will fight. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you. For I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. So many people don't like confrontation. They don't like fighting. That's why I ended with letter F. Fight the good fight in the Lord. Because ultimately it's a fight. It's a spiritual fight. It's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual war that we are in. And you are fighting on the right side. You're fighting for the Lord. And you're fighting in the Lord. In Christ, you are fighting the good fight. They will fight against you. It's a spiritual fight. 
the principalities and the darkness of this world, they will come against you. For they are filled with another spirit, a spirit of evil. They will fight against you, but they will not overcome you. For I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Amen. And amen. And ultimately, as God's people, and I'm closing with this, is for us to come to his presence with praise. Amen. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, come to the presence of God. Say, let's say, come to the presence of God with praise. Praise of what? Thanksgiving. Thank. That is f- full of joy, gladness, and delight. Amen. And amen. I would like for us to sing this song together. We have it on the screen. And it says, let everything that, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let everything that, everything that, everything that has breath praise the Lord. The words say, praise you in the morning, praise you in the evening, praise you when I'm young, and when I'm old, praise you when I'm laughing, praise you when I'm grieving, praise you every season of the soul. Praise you in the heavens, joining with the angels, praising you forever and a day. Praise you on the earth now, joining with creation, calling all the nations to you praise. If we could see how much you're worth, your power, your might, your endless love, then surely we would never cease to praise. And then we'll close with the chorus again. Let everything that, everything that, everything that breath has breath, praise the Lord. So we'll begin twice. We'll end it twice. But more than sounding good, you know, obviously, if you want to sound good, I shouldn't be up here singing this with you. But God doesn't care about how you sound. God cares about the heart of the worshiper. I encourage you today, when it says everything, everything that, may you be included in that word. Including me, Lord, I will praise you. I will praise the Lord. As long as I have breath, when I am heaven with you, when this life ends, I will praise the Lord. Amen. And then we're going to sing together. We're going to sing it slow, all right? <clears throat> okay. Sing loud, please, so you could mute my voice. Okay, ready? Let's sing together. Let's worship. Let's sing together. Let everything that, everything that, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Let everything that, Everything that, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise you in the morning, praise you in the evening, praise you when I'm young and when I'm old. Praise you when I'm laughing, praise you when I'm grieving, praise you every season of the soul. Again, praise you in the heavens, joining with the angels, praising you forever and a day. Praise you on the earth now, joining with creation, calling all the nations to your praise. If we could see how much you're worth, your power, your might, your endless love, then surely we will never cease to praise. Let everything that, let everything that, Everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Let everything that, 
Let everything that, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Can we all stand to our feet? And ask the praise team to come up at this time. As we're all here together as one body with our head, our King, our Lord Jesus Christ, as we're before his holy presence here today, can we just come to him with full surrender and surrender our lives to him and declare our praises to the King of Kings here today. Some of us, we've been so sidetracked and distracted by what the world is telling us to do, or we have lost ourselves in what we want to pursue in our own dreams for our own lives. But may we not be twisted in our thinking and be sidetracked in our thinking. May you remember that you are never too young or you are never too old to serve the Lord and to follow his purpose and his calling for your life. The Lord is calling out to you here today and reminding you once again that I have chosen you and I have appointed you that before you were even born that I had a plan and a purpose for your life here today. And we have lost ourselves in the desires and the pursuit of happiness of this world. But may we not forget to pursue the only thing that matters. And the only thing that matters is your relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you know Christ? Do you know him? Do you know who you are? And do you know whose you are in Christ? You have lost yourself and you have forgotten yourself. Therefore, you are lost. But the Lord is calling you back here today once again to put you back in the right place, to be in the right mind and in the right heart before the Father, for you to know his purpose and his call for your life, that you are not here to fulfill the dreams and the desires of this world, but for you to be his instruments, for you to be used by him to do the work that God has called you to do. Do not grow arrogant to the point where you think that you have made it. And that is when we will fall. We have never made it. And we will never make it unless we are in Christ and Christ alone. Unless you are following him and you are surrendered to him and you are submitted to his word daily. You will not fulfill the calling, the main calling, the ultimate purpose of why you are here on this earth. When we bring ourselves back, just like the rudder on a boat, or the bit in the mouth of a horse, was being wild and is going its own way. When we allow the Lord to tame us, and just like the donkey that he rode into Jerusalem, may he be used for his glory and for his purpose for our lives. Though you may look at your life and you may think you're small and it is meaningless, it is not meaningless. For God is doing something big and he's working as a unit ultimately for his purpose, for his glory. Some of us, there's a special calling for your life that God has already placed way before even you, before you were even born. And some of us, we don't see the truth because we are too blind and too proud and we are living according to the standard of this world. But you need to bring yourself back to hear the voice of God, to know what the purpose of God is for your life. And at this very moment, at this very time, this very afternoon, now, may you turn to the Lord with humility. And as we're here in the presence of God right now, the Holy Spirit is here with us. May the Holy Spirit minister into your heart and may he bring purpose and allow your eyes to see and ears to hear 
what the Lord is saying to you here today. So in your own voices, in your own space, do not worry about saying the right things. Just speak to Him for it's a relationship. Speak to Him and hear from Him. Allow the Lord to speak to you through His Word. And He has already spoken to you today in today's message throughout, throughout the Scriptures. May you commit your heart and turn to the Lord and be ministered by His presence here today. As a praise team, as we're up here, we're going to just sing. And as they're singing in the background, I would like for you to just pray to Him. Lift up your hands if you need to. You can go on your knees if you need to. Where the presence of the Lord is, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. May you worship Him today and pray to Him in spirit and in truth. Let's come together and let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we need you. Lord, I need you here today. Back to a right place before your holy presence, O oh God. The world may put a label and a standard upon us. But that is not my standard, O oh God. My purpose and my goal is not to fulfill my own dream or what I want for my own life here today, God. Lord, my purpose and my desire here today is to follow after you. I want to to be used by you, God, in your arms today. Just like Jeremiah, God, we may think and we may say to ourselves that I am too young. Lord, I am too inexperienced. Lord, I do not know what I'm doing. Oh God, I am too old. I've wasted too much time, but Lord, the heart of God is shown. Father, I know. Where you desire all people, your children, to turn back to you. For that is the heart of the Father. And the only way to that is repentance and true praise and worship and submission to your word, oh God. Jesus, transform my heart. Jesus, we need you. We can't do this without you, oh God. We choose today to commit our hearts and to commit our lives back to you, oh God. Holy Spirit, we need you. Continue to guide our steps. I want you to hold me. I want to rest in your arms today.
are always there, and you love me as I am. Yes, you love me as I saying before I formed you in the womb I knew you before you were born I set you apart I pointed you as a prophet to the nations alas sovereign Lord I said I do not know how to speak I am too young but the Lord said to me do not say I am too young you must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you do not be afraid of them for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Get yourself ready. Get yourself ready, men and women of God. Get yourself ready. Stand up right now. Do not stay down where you are. Stand up and say to them, whatever I command you, do not be terrified by them or I will terrify you before them. Today, I have made you a fortified city and an iron pillar and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Heavenly Father, we remind ourselves here today that God has God's people, that we must know our identity to answer the question, who am I? Whose am I? Why am I? What am I? What is my? What am I? Who are we living for? Who dwells inside of us? Who is our supreme? To know our worth, to know how to eat properly, to read daily his word, to reflect daily upon your word, to memorize daily your word, to be a doer of your word, to submit daily of your word, and to know how to drink properly, O oh God, from your presence, to know that it is by the blood of Jesus Christ that our sins are washed away, that it is by the cross that we have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer will live, but it is Christ who lives in me. I no longer live but my own, my own life, but I live in Christ, Christ who dwells and lives in me. So I operate, not in my own way, but I operate, Lord, in according to your purpose, in the steps that you take, Lord, I will take and I will follow you wholeheartedly for I am yoked with Christ every day. May we enter your presence with thanksgiving. Every day may we enter your presence with praise. May we worship you with full joy, gladness, and delight no matter what we are going through right now, no matter what stress or circumstances or how difficult you are, how, how great the opposition may be. May we worship your presence with joy, full joy, gladness, and delight. And may we dwell in your presence with complete surrender. May we submit to you with full humility. And ultimately and at the end, oh God, may we continue to fight the good fight. For God, there are many enemies. Satan himself, who has a war waged against the church of Christ. For the believers who have fallen away, many who have fallen, have turned to apostasy. Many have walked away from the faith. I pray, God, that we would, just like the 12, the disciples, may we continue to fight the good fight. And even among the 12, one was chosen for Satan to do his work, to do his bidding. 
But may we never stay down and remain down. May we always be alert and be ready. May we always know how finite and how vulnerable this life is. That this life is short. That there is a powerful enemy, the prince of this world, who desires to, to kill and to destroy all Christians. To devour Christians. But may we stand up and fight the good fight. Be steadfast in our faith and in our journey with you, O God. Holy Spirit, we need you. Holy Spirit, we need you. Guide our hearts, watch over our lips. Let's just sing together. Can we all stand to our feet? And sing verse 1 and verse 2, and we'll close it. Just one time straight through with the first chorus. Let's sing together. Father, I want you to hold. Father, yes. I want you to hold me. I want I am your child, your Father, we end today's message with worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name despite what your circumstances may be. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. We pray all these things in your precious son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. And as God's people, we pray, amen, amen. and amen. 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 Let's all sing together and let's worship as we finish today's service.
Let's pray together. Can we stand to our feet? And let's close the service with the benediction. Let's pray together. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And now may the God of peace, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip us with everything good in doing his will. And may he continue to work within us what is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. And as God's people we pray, amen and amen. All right, God bless you. I love you. I'll see you all in the back. Amen? Amen. 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 amen.